0: Hello and welcome to the SBP podcast, the voice of mobile film. I'm your host, Susie Botello, and this is episode 25. So we're approaching the International Mobile Film Festival in San Diego. And as we do that, we're going to have to shift our time and our effort to organizing it. We work on this all year long, but right now, like, Imagine a car with manual transmission, okay? So we take off on first, we gain speed on second, we climb some hills on third gear, and then we've been in a constant fourth gear for a while now. But now we're in the fifth. We're hitting the freeway speeds on our film festival, and that means that it's time to shift that to that film festival. So in this episode... It's probably going to be the last one before our film festival, which takes place on April 28th and 29th. So sorry to have to tell you that, but we really need to shift our gears. And um, But don't fret. <laughs> uh, we also have a podcast after the film festival, which will feature participants from the film festival who are actually coming to San Diego to be a part of it. So we plan to record that at the venue in the green room. So don't unsubscribe. If you haven't, do subscribe and that way you won't miss that episode and all our upcoming episodes uh, which we have planned. Now you might want to get tickets uh, and if you do you can go straight to our website at www.internationalmobilefilmfestival.com or you can also get there by typing sbp cc on your web browser now if you like discounts if you become a patron at any level you'll receive discounts to get tickets and all you have to do is sign up and subscribe uh to our patreon page at www.patreon.com slash sbp podcast that's pretty simple right So for this episode, we went to the Steampunk Gaslight Gathering here in San Diego, where the Star Wars Steampunk Universe group hosted a panel. Hot Nerd Girl leads that group, which was a part of our film festival's red carpet event last year, and uh, they're coming again this year to be a part of that as well on the red carpet. And we're also going to talk a little bit about the cosplay category with them live at the film festival and a little bit about, uh, you know, we asked that question to her here in this episode because she's actually our guest here uh, along with Erin Nabous, who is our brand ambassador. But see, Aaron is also a, uh, co-hosting the Hall H show podcast. And so we had just finished recording a podcast for his all-Late show uh, podcast when uh, we immediately followed up with this recording. But this is uh, part one of this episode. Uh, there are two parts to this podcast. So the first part is with Erin and Tracy, Hot Nerd Girl. And the second part of this episode is a compilation with some of the guests who will be attending our film festival in San Diego this month. Now you can listen to all the episodes uh, anytime by listening i mean by going to our website where all the episodes are listed and you can go there by uh, going to www.sbppodcast.studio or you can go to our blog the sbppodcast.wordpress.com and on the menu on top of the page if you click on sbp podcast mobile film on that title, uh, you will find all our episodes, all our shows, they're all listed there and they're all titled so you'll know what you're listening to before you click on them. Okay, so let's go and have some fun now. Welcome to the SBP podcast, the voice of mobile film. Uh, we are here at, what is the name of this event? Th- we- Gaslight gathering. gathering. Gaslight Gathering. <laughs> 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 gathering. I'm, I'm still punked for, out. For,
1: for, the, for the 30th time. <laughs> uh, it's a
0: steampunk <laughs> event. And we came here because we thought it'd be really cool to have um, podcasts in a really cool location. But our brand ambassador hooked us up. On, on this because of our guest uh, Tracy Hot Nerd Girl <laughs> whoop whoop <laughs> in the <hizzle. laughs> Um Tracy was in the International Mobile Film Festival last year she shot a little film uh, with her phone but she didn't shoot it because she wanted to be a part of the film festival she did it because um, I invited her and the group uh, the Star Wars steampunk universe, to come and escort filmmakers on the red carpet. And so um, I just got this... I, I feel like I just had a huge cup of coffee all of a sudden. It's like we're talking to the SBB podcast with Tracy. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and... um and me feel so special. <laughs> and I met Tracy through Aaron. Uh, was it a, It was a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we uh, did a podcast were uh anthony de la cruz tracy hot Nerd girl alex benedicto and aaron Nabooz from the hall eight show and i was in it too <laughs> <laughs> um and that was his podcast that was before the sbp podcast and it was a lot of fun um but i just wanted to introduce this podcast with this in this event here we're just going to do a short little podcast because we're here at this event and um we can't just take an hour here. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to uh, uh, let everybody know that our film festival is happening here on April 28th and 29th. We have a special new category um, that we're going to introduce at the film festival and talk a little bit about. And we're inviting Tracy and the Star Wars Punk universe to come and escort filmmakers again this year on the red carpet but also so they can be there to answer questions you know from people about about this and I wanted to know from you what do you think about opening this category I hate to put you on the spot here but about this category of, of cosplay what you what would you say to our listeners about about it the opportunity Well I
2: think it's a natural fit. I think a lot of people in the cosplay community already make short films at conventions they'll do you know everything from you know, like, like little mock battles and stuff I just filmed a, a couple of cosplayers who were doing Killmonger and Black Panther and <laughs> they were just like jumping at each other over and over again letting people film it and you know made a quick little slow-mo video out of that so I think um, you know in our very first uh, where Star Wars Steampunk Universe was born was at uh, Star Wars Celebration a few years ago and one of the photographers made a quick little video of people kind of like getting ready to square off and then like walking towards the camera and you know I've been a part of you know uh, you know people just doing you know little things like um, uh, Gregorius Geek I don't know if you know him Chris uh, Montefalento and he does a disco stormtrooper. Oh. And so he wanted to do a quick little Saturday Night Live, the uh, walking down the street when he <laughs> checks out the chick, you know, and then, like, keeps walking. Cool. Uh, and I was dressed as steampunk Princess Leia that day, and, you know, and so I participated in his little video. So they're doing it already, so it's a natural fit to, to do it for the festival, just creating a little bit more of a storyline instead of making it kind of off the cuff.
0: Yeah, you had a panel, and you were actually talking about that, and I was just like wiggling around in my seat because i talked about know, that yeah well oh. you talked
2: about i never know what i'm talking no, about no no you not <laughs> specifically that but you
0: were talking about the storytelling aspect you and and lando oh mm-hmm. yeah You James. guys were yeah you guys were talking about the story the storytelling aspect of go- cosplayers and steam oh yeah 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 today mm-hmm. yeah and i was like you know you were telling them you know to put photos and things like that and give their business cards for charities and things, and I was just in my head going, "This is a perfect opportunity for them to create a video sharing their story, even even if it's sort of done to promote them, you yeah. know, um, to share their story so that they can do that. So when they give their website to somebody, those or whatever, even a QR code here, scan this and watch my video, you know, and people can watch that." Um, as well and so that's what i was i was thinking there's so many different videos you know musical videos and and uh even documentaries documenting the process that cosplayers go through and their backstories i'm sure there are some struggles you know at at the at the life is real basically for a cosplayer um so i thought that would be i don't know an opportunity as well yeah so. I concur. Concur. All right, that's right. <laughs> you, 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 you're
2: not going to find a steampunker who does not have a character and a backstory to that character. That's yeah, part of the world. i met some people
0: today, and they were just showing me how they made some of the things that they made, the artifacts that they made, and there was a story behind each one. Yep. Um, and just one of the ladies that was explaining each little piece, when I really got intricate, I guess I was really curious about <laughs> this stuff, and she would say, Oh, well, He made this part here. And I don't know what was going on through his mind when he was making it. Because they're so creative, you know. Um, But it's good to get that from people. And I know the world would love to see it. And I know that cosplay, right, is is a worldwide phenomenon. It's not just here, you know. And I think because the film festival is international, um, I, I would love to be able to share that with the whole world, you know. Starting with our film festival, um, and Aaron has been uh, <laughs> has Why been are you laughing s- when you look at me <laughs> because <laughs> he's been he's been really supportive of our, of our our film festival our year, and he's been working so hard. We just finished a podcast with him on the Hall Eight show, um, and um, I just I just wanted to publicly thank you for everything that you're doing as our brand ambassador and as our friend you know
1: well thank you very much and um i i relish this opportunity because as you are the voice of uh, you know mobile film we are the voice of of, you know independent creators and i see a kinship in that you know we're trying to give people who sort of need that spotlight that extra push to sort of have that opportunity to tell their stories or to share the stories. Sorry. <laughs> I know that's on the last podcast. We, we made a difference between the storytelling and story sharing. So, and I think that's a really, um, important, uh, distinct, uh, distinction or, or difference that we point out. But, uh, I think uh, going along your, your cosplay, um, idea and how you want to incorporate more into the festival. Um, like you said, cosplay is such a huge thing now. And, um, as we told Tim on his podcast On Under the Capes, uh, you know I thought it was a good opportunity for him to sort of share his cosplaying journey and document what he's been doing because not only will it be sort of good for him, but the stuff that he does might be beneficial for other people as well. And you see it on, you know, on online at YouTube and everything. But the fact that you can do so, you know, with your mobile phone, anytime, anywhere, basically. And just, uh, you know, start sharing your stories.
0: Yeah, there's so much power in this phone. Um, in this podcast, um, I plan to share with our listeners uh, some of the stories that I've had during the podcast with the filmmakers um, that are part of this film festival again this year or, and and who haven't been. And um, one of the things that um, that this phone does is, is so powerful. We do hear... In the media about how we're becoming addicted to our phones and to social media and things like that, but that to me is just—it's like looking at two sides of a cone, where one or the maybe, you know, the whole yin yang thing, where it's like you got one that's on the negative, that one's on the positive. Well, that's always with everything, you know. But there's a lot of positivity with the phone because the power of sharing stories is really, really um, what connects us um, as human beings. We just have a better way of doing it now as opposed to waiting for somebody to show up on our cave and see the drawings we made on a cave wall or to picking up a book and being able to sit down and read the entire book. Um, and, and Or, to come to our house and listen to us, <laughs> telling stories, uh, filmmaking has a very unique way of sharing stories where it really can consume us and and it can grab us and put us in a whole different world, uh, you know like uh, Star Wars, uh, you know your world or steampunk stories, or anything like that and I believe that uh, i 've seen documentaries where i didn 't even know what it would be like to be someone with, say, a particular disease or something like that or someone who's been bullied or any of that stuff unless I had watched it in a documentary. You know, what would it be like to live in a third-world country, say, unless I'd watched that movie, not even a documentary, that depicts what life was like there. And so, I don't know, I just, I just really think that um, I, I love the idea of this film festival being open to all ages, all people, all human beings, whether you're in the world or floating out in a rocket somewhere, you know, in outer space. uh, Sharing the stories with everyone um, because that's how we're going to connect. That's how we stay human. That's how we stay real is through our stories. And that's just kind of, you know, the power that that is. It's, It's amazing and it fits in our pocket, you know, so...
1: And I think with how the internet sort of has, you know, breaking, breaking down, broken down barriers, I think the technology within the smartphone has sort of done the same thing, too, and it allows anybody from, like, you know, like you've been talking about, any background uh, to sort of, if they have a compelling story, to make a movie.
0: Yeah. And you never know where those things go there's a lot of people who will submit a film to our film festival and they're like i don't know i don't know and then they win and they're like oh my god i actually won you know and oh my god my film got accepted to like 20 other film festivals you know or something maybe not that many but yeah. still i mean you don't know until you try you know you just got to keep putting one foot in front of the other um tracy she put, She puts one foot. Yeah, one I do. Yeah, <laughs> usually. And on the red carpet, you're going to do that. <laughs> I said, "Wait, are you excited about the, um, going there this year and doing the red carpet event?" Oh yeah, of course. It's a fantastic event. What we was always it have like? a lot of fun. What was it like for you the first time, like last year? What did you notice?
2: Well, last year we were kind of teamed up. We each had a, a filmmaker that we were teamed up with so you know it's kind of you know you're rooting for each other and you're rooting for your filmmaker and you you know very quickly you have an instant loyalty to your filmmaker so um yeah and then to see them up and talking and it's like oh well that's my filmmaker that i walked with so (laughs) yay um you know i think that anything that's a that provides a creative outlet for for somebody is, is is i mean it's always a good thing it's always a positive thing
0: so it's a great event and thank you for Creating it. And Thanks for being a part of it. My pleasure. And same with you, Aaron. Thank you. And uh, hey, listeners, stay tuned. Our next segment's coming right up. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> <laughs> going to share some clips here with you uh, with participants who are actually coming to our film festival. Some of them are filmmakers and others are VIPs. Uh, All of them are going to come to San Diego for this film festival on April 28th and 29th. So you can come and meet them in person as well. Um, But uh, what I'll do is I'll add to the notes The link to their individual podcast episodes so that you can listen to the rest of their stories. This first clip is with Brian Hennings. He was in episode 16. And uh, he was here in San Diego last year for our last film festival with a short film, Express. And he has submitted a new film, which was accepted and will be participating in the film festival. The name of the film is Focus. I want to just read for listeners really quick, if you don't mind, that that I read um, your synopsis. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Uh, when her world view is in, irreversibly changed, and every woman must struggle to overcome the way others now see her. So talk a little bit about, I mean, I don't want you to, I mean, it's not like it's a <laughs> suspenseful film. You know, I don't want <laughs> you to like explain your film. I do want people to come to the film festival and see it. Uh, but but tell us a little bit about that because um, of the message and and the story and how you how you put that together
3: yeah um, I, I guess the you know it's really hard to talk about a, a movie that's under five minutes long without talking a lot about what <laughs> happens in the movie um, but uh, you know the the idea um, The the basic theme behind um, this story is around how, uh, you know, as as individuals, things can happen to us that change us um, and can can change us um, in ways that are perceptible to others. Um, So, you know, you've now not only had a change, but other people realise that there's, there's been a change. Um, and how while while on one hand you have to personally deal with the changes that uh, you 're going through or experiencing, you also have to deal with other people's perceptions of you and the way that they may now treat you and and that kind of concept um, I guess it 's a you know a little bit following on from um, express and that that, that idea of. The interactions that we have with with people and and how important they are. Um, so this uh, again, you know, I don't know why smartphone filmmaking works so well for this, but um, this is a, a personal story for me. Um, without giving away too much, it's based right. on a, a family member of, of mine and um, and her life story. Um, so, you know, it touches on some very real um, ideas and themes and um, experiences. Um, and I don't know that I can really say much more without yeah, no, giving and away I too I don't much want of what you happens. to
0: say too much more. Yeah. Um, but it is uh, kind of like the concept, uh, I'm listening to you, of course, and I'm thinking about how, you know, it's not only, it's not just how someone perceives you, it's it's how, uh, how it affects them. Uh, that was yes. the, I think I got that more. From- our next guest is Miranda Mullings. Uh, she had just turned 12 years old. She was in our film festival last year at 11 years old. Uh, made a film uh, with her iPhone. It was a stop-motion film about bullying. And this year, she made a youth horror film uh, called Charlie. This podcast, episode 17, was uh, with our brand ambassador, Aaron Nabuz, and her father, Anthony De La Cruz, who was also a filmmaker last year with his own film. So, Miranda, what was this whole thing like Remember, we were talking right before I turned on the mics on, but um, about what this experience was like for you to be in this first filmmaking, film festival, the whole thing with your father.
4: I thought it was cool. Not many um, children get to do that with their fathers or the mothers. And uh, just, I don't know. <laughs> It was also fun because I have to have a competition. uh he was a rival <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you were yeah. you were competing it's with him, kind of it, right yeah, <laughs> yeah. <Sorry>. Oh, <laughs>
0: so were you were you like no nah, I'm gonna win, right <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. no I didn't think I would be like accepted <laughs> when you see. submitted it, you mean, yeah, hmm.
1: How long when, did you?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, when you first, uh, when you first turned the fil- the the film into the film festival, or when, you know, once it was there, you thought maybe you wouldn't win an award, or what? Because you did win an oh. award.
4: Yeah, I, I did. But when I was when he submitted it, I thought, yeah, I'm not gonna win this. And then and then I then I do win and. Just, I'm shocked because I thought it was really bad. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And if you wouldn't have, do you think it would have encouraged you to try again better?
4: Or Um, if it wouldn't have, I just would have continued with making more films as I am now. Good for you. High five. It was a little bit creepy having everyone else asleep while we were making <laughs> Everybody was noises. asleep in that film? <laughs> in the house, I guess. Especially wow. with one the part, screams. And... One part, um, <clears throat> my cousin had a scream. Yeah. And she did scream, and uh, my grandma, she came into the room. She's like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> Now, it. now, is this a
1: story that you developed right after, or how long did it take for you to come up with this story, after after um, uh, the, f- the festival last year?
4: Like after the after the last year's submission, su- right? Awarding ceremony. Oh, <laughs> ah, okay. Um, I decided to like write another one, and mm-hmm. I wanted it to be horror since mm-hmm. I was into horror at the time. We're talking to a twelve-year-old. I know making that's what I'm saying. At the time,
5: or, that was years ago. You know. <laughs> <laughs> My horror phase, exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it's like dog years for a kid, right? Well, it's like one year is a lot.
5: Oh, it's crazy because, yeah, it's interesting that she's saying it, but it's kind of true because her next one is not horror. You're going to mm. trip out, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, she's she's going to touch up on all the genres. You know what a genre is?
4: Yes, I okay. do. Wow.
0: <laughs> I'm like, I didn't even know what that was when I was your age. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome yeah so, so, yeah, so then your grandmother came in, and she gave um, you stuff, and then, but you already had a script, you already knew what you were doing, and were you yelling cut and action and all yeah. that?
4: Well, we did action, yeah, and we did cut, right. We didn't have a script though oh. there, it wasn't much there wasn't much dialogue in the movie more action things, but if if we were gonna do just dialogue then. We just made it up as we went. It it was a very, like improvised. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. So how long
1: did it take to uh, film the whole thing?
4: Um, about an hour and thirty minutes. It, that's why it's not very professional. <laughs> that's I actually know. Well, I
5: know. I mean,
1: now now Anthony does production on his phone.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: How do you do yours? Do you do yours in phone or after, post?
4: Um.
5: Where did Wait, you edit?
4: What? Oh Where did I
5: get it? Where did you etid, edit
4: edit? Uh, I edit it on an app on my phone. And then I gave it to him. He did the sound and a little bit more editing uh-huh. and then we submitted yeah. it.
5: So because um, I do yeah. audio and music mm-hmm. and composing and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um I have a library of music and whatever, you know, so we don't have to mess with copyrighted right, stuff, right, you know? right. And um and so to be honest with you, I really touch it. I don't. I try to try not to touch it at all. Um, her film because I want it to be raw. I want it to be from her, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all the editing of the film, it's her. I, all I do is kind of help with a little bit of the graphics stuff, you know, the graphics motion, kind of, you know, like in the title and then mm-hmm. the, the credit roll. And, of course, I did the um, sound design and and put the music on there. But essentially, I'm working with what she's already put together. I mean, I just, like any other editing would be done, the the audio's done last, right? So that's kind of what I did. So you
1: you used, what, is it PowerDirector? Is that what you used to use? Yeah, I used PowerDirector. I
5: I love that app. It's so intuitive. It's so like, oh, you can't even, and they have a phone app that's so close to the real thing.
1: Yeah, you think you showed it to me. Yeah, uh
5: yeah. Oh, that's right. I did show it to you. Yeah. So, um, but basically, you can do kind of certain things there, but... As I mentioned, she did all of her editing on her own phone. Mm. I mean I go to computer. No, she did it all and it's like here's my film There are a
0: lot of people, more people that that actually do that. When it gets complicated I think is when it's very low lighting, Mm. when you have a lot of like you have crew and things like that, you Mm. know, and you're you've got duct tape, you know, you're putting props with duct tape or something, I don't know. (laughs) Things that are showing that you don't want to show. Um, A lot of people are are feeling more comfortable editing on the phone. If you're doing a big production, though, and you've got, you know, the boom, Mm -hmm. you know, with the microphone, that's like the stick with the microphone attached to it. Yeah. Um, And you've got other cameras and lights, you know, with the stands and things like that and other crews standing around, then it can be hard to see on a small screen. Yeah, for sure. You know? But I think for most people, they're okay with editing on the phone, you know, uh, for the most part, Um, especially if they're going to do something simple. Yeah, you know, Um, I know our next guest is Prakash Gandhi Natarajan from episode 18. He was in our film festival in 2015 and is also going to be in our film festival here uh, attending in San Diego. Uh, this year with a travel video uh, called Italy. Um, He was in our episode 18 podcast and uh, shared some really cool tips with our listeners on how to make exceptional smartphone videos. Um, And I thought that might be handy for some of you if you're traveling to San Diego to come to our film festival so that you too can create your own travel videos from the experience. It's gonna be lots of fun this year having you uh, with all all the toys that you like to play with, you know.
6: Yes, thank you. Yes, I I'm looking forward to it also.
0: So, um, can you share just a little bit um, here? Because uh, I know we're gonna we're gonna share for our Patreon page uh, in detail how to make you know some. Uh, travel videos in in more detail right but Mm -hmm. maybe some basics for for this podcast on what to consider when you know like spring break is going to come up soon right Mm -hmm. so some Mm -hmm. of our listeners are probably planning a trip to go to the spring break uh, and they'll want to do some travel videos so instead of bringing their dslrs or whatever right uh, what would you recommend that the, the basics to get uh, to make some uh, travel videos with using their, their smartphones?
6: Sure. Um, like you said, yes, spring break is coming. Again, you don't want to carry a lot of equipments around. You want to travel light. So what I would say is like you can find in Amazon these mini tripods. So this mini tripod costs less than $15. So what it does is you don't need to hold your phone in your hand. You can just mount this phone on this mini tripod and you can leave it on the ground and then it will shoot whatever is right in front of it. I like this mini tripod a lot. The reason is there is something called time lapse where it's a video showing the time passing by in a quick second. So these are great for people walking around or setting, or in a beach. You just turn on time-lapse on your phone. You don't even need to do anything. You have a camera button. If you keep scrolling, you will find portrait square. It depends on the phone. It should be the same option. There is something called time-lapse. So you just switch on the time-lapse, start recording and let it go for five minutes or 10 minutes and stop recording. And you will see this amazing footage of times passing by, and if there are people walking, if there is sun setting down, if there are waves, it's gonna look beautiful, or clouds, it's gonna look amazing. Second thing, you don't wanna carry anything, I just wanna carry my phone, I don't wanna carry even a tripod, it's still fine. Best thing to get non-shaky footage just with your hands and phone is keep both your hands right next to your hip or your tummy, and then hold the phone. So you kind of use your body to balance the phone because when your hands are so freely hanging and then you're holding the phone, there is going to be this minor shake which is going to get exaggerated when you put it on the big screen. So sometimes I don't have the time to mount my gimbal or tripod. I just pull the phone from my packet and then if I have a chance, then I try to sit down in one spot. That gives me more stability. Or if I can't sit down, I have to stand up, then I put my hands close to my tummy or close to my hip, tuck both your hands in towards your body and then hold the phone. That makes a huge difference. Second thing, take as many wide landscape shots as possible. Shoot more, more footages are better than very few footages and you can't even put a film together. Second, take a lot of close-up. So if you're gonna shoot only wide landscapes, it's gonna get bored after a while So you have to like switch back and forth between wide landscape and portrait mode, which is like put the camera right on face of people, on animals or things. Go close up, go tight shots. So if you can do all these tips, you can come up with some amazing travel videos because wherever you travel for spring break, the place is going to be beautiful. So you just capture it on your video.
0: Our next guest is Jason Van Genderen. He comes from Sydney, Australia, to our film festival to premiere a keynote presentation on the movement Film Breaker, which he founded. Uh, he's uh, he was in episode twenty one, and this is a clip about uh, when actually when we uh, talked uh, with him in our podcast. Uh, I had only been maybe a day or two at the most since he launched the movement. I'm rubbing my hands together here. Um, (laughs) So there's this uh, little thing that you did. (laughs) I'm being sarcastic. There's this huge uh, thing that you launched. Uh, Was it? Well, okay. So, you're, so Australians for our audience, I'm in San Diego and you're in the future.
7: yeah crazily so i am i'm i'm a good um how many hours ahead of you am i
0: you're like i don't know like 16 hours or something i don't know
7: so what do you want to know is there like a lottery or something you want me to just give you some numbers
0: (laughs) no what i want to know is so um so when so here i'm thinking it was the day before yesterday right Mm -hmm. in the evening here but really it was what just yesterday or something for you when you launched ta-da Go ahead and
7: tell everybody what you did. Yeah. So, look, it was, again, this feels like that same experimental moment that I had back in 2008. And I, I, I reached this position. I don't know about you, Susie. I, I find myself, I, I've worked in this industry now professionally for a, a long enough time to um, to understand the way things generally work. And I'm still absolutely stunned despite my whole body of work, all the things I've done, all the commercials that I've airing on Australian television, all the things that I do, all of the great people I've got connectivity with, it still stuns me that every single time I walk into um, an event or an uh, industry networking, blah, 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 and when, I, when someone asks me, oh, what are you working on or what are you doing, and if I open up with that line of, so I've been working on this thing on on my iPhone, and instantly, it is—it is like literally a nanosecond later, I can see people's eyes glazing over, yes. and going, "You are not serious. You—you—you you, you call yourself a sorry. You—you—you you make content. You make commercials. You—you you make short films, but you're not even filming them on a camera. And—and and the credibility thing just flies out the window. I might as well be standing, sort of invisible, at the back of the room, um, you know, like a fourteen-year-old. It's—it it was just. I just found that that complete disconnect really really interesting and and I found myself defending smartphone uh, filmography so much and so much of my conversation when I go to these events is really exactly that it's I can almost roll it out now like a script because I know exactly the things I need to say to get the conversation going but it, it got me thinking that I knew that I wasn't the only one that was experiencing this. And the more that I started understanding festivals such as yours uh, and meeting filmmakers from different, different uh, nationalities and uh, different parts of the world, I, I just really started feeling this overall urge that we needed to do something more, something new. And that there was people not just shooting cats and dogs videos for YouTube, that people were really shooting incredible stories that looked spectacular, that, that, played out emotively and that moved an audience one way or another. And the fact that those people still struggled every single day to be recognised by their peers as being active contributors to the film industry staggered me. And even even nowadays when, when I've been winning a film festival or, or when I've had a film that was shot on a mar- a smartphone that actually uh, did something surprising somewhere around the world, Uh, you know doing the media interviews afterwards the the the, the conversations that get sparked by people saying like so wow you really just shot this on a smartphone and and you can do that these days and and the quality is okay and you know we all know that the quality is there we all know what our smartphones is capable of and I, I just I found myself just really to be honest Susie I just really started getting fed up with the fact that I felt like I was continually that emerging filmmaker kind of conversation it was I felt like as the work experience kid in, in every room that I went into and I just really got sick of it and at Christmas time I was talking to my wife I was just saying look it's really interesting when we think about the great cinema movements and I started doing a little bit of research and you know it, a lot of people would be familiar with um, the dogma Uh, cinematic movement back in 1995, which is really one of those revolutionary shifts and changes in in filmmaking where it was all about, you know, using ambient light and using uh, limited props in your production and available sound or not introducing production music over the top of a scene. There was a number of these different disciplines that kind of crafted together to form that ideology behind what a dogma film was. And then I started looking at other film movements and I thought, wow, this is a really interesting space. And then, you know, the last, um, believe it or not, the last film movement that's been recognised broadly around the world was back in 2002. It was called Mumblecore. And at its heart, I think Mumblecore is is sort of a a deviation of what dogma was about. I, I won't get into the theory of all of that now. But what I then looked at on this timeline was the fact that we've been looking at 16 years and there's been not a single new cinematic movement acknowledged in that time. And yet we've we've moved into this space where we have never seen as many uh, cameras circulated amongst communities all around the world. We have never seen the, the, our our culture and our civilization so abundant with storytelling, um, and so abundant with storytelling from surprising corners, from people that are armed with cameras, the the unexpected tool, the smartphone camera. So then I just I started just raising it in conversation with people, and saying I think it's time we drew a line in the sand and tried to actually make something of this. And so, yeah, a couple of days ago we, we put together a, a, an introductory video to sort of bounce this whole notion of a new cinematic movement and we called it the, the film breaker movement. And film breaker because I hated going into a room and, and saying, hey, you know, I'm a, when people say, what do you do? And I say, oh, I'm a filmmaker. And, of course, the next question that comes out of their lips every single time is, so what films have you made that I'd know? And the chances are in any room there'd be maybe one or two people that have seen something that I've made because I'm not making the conventional films that people, the big blockbusters that people see on the screen. And so I I hated defining my whole career based on that. So I invented this term film breaker just purely because I still love making films but I, I kind of break a few rules in the way that I make it and I know that there's a lot of people around the world doing exactly the same thing. So we started this thing, this notion of a new cinematic movement called the Film Breaker Movement, we um, decided that maybe that the best place to park that would be Facebook because we, we thought most people would have access to Facebook. It was probably a quickest and, and, and simplest way to make a community based around uh, this new movement. So we, we started a page, we put a video up, uh, we released it in the world. We, we th- thankfully, through the help of um, some wonderful advocates such as yourself, uh, helped us spread that message, shared that message, get that out there. And yeah, my aim was for throughout 2018 to find 10,000 film breakers to help me found this new movement around the world. And that was going to be my whole endeavor this year was to go out there and do that and donate my time and services to as many festivals that would have me to come and run talks, to do workshops, to try and enlist people to join this, this particular movement and The great shock and surprise, as much for you as it was for me and anyone, was the fact that in twenty four hours we reached ten thousand people. Yeah, and it went crazy. And uh, you know, it's every couple of days now. It's or every day, it's been ticking up another couple of thousand people. And it's it's just been again one of those. beautifully humbling moments where i realized the connectivity that we all share and the fact that there are so many of us out there in this world trying to create stories this way all yearning for um a focal point to to put our our stories for a place where we can we can call home a place where we can be educated where we can be uh, connected with each other new technology festivals Uh, screening opportunities, career opportunities. I think there's a space that that we can carve out of this that that makes that happen for all of us. And that's really what we want this film breaker movement to to do, is create that unifying uh, force, that new community, so that when you go out there and say, you know, I make uh, films on a smartphone, you don't feel like It's a career stain. You feel like you can wear it as a badge of honour and that's really what I want to do with this movement um, is is to celebrate the tremendous work, the rich diversity of stories that we're now immersing ourselves in globally through wonderful festivals such as yours. Um, We need to really make that happen. We need to celebrate it as a a time and a, a, a marked point in space, in cinematic history. So I'm going for that. I want us through people power the first people-powered cinematic movement, hopefully, in history, to join together and actually say, you know what, we're here, we're relevant, and we, we count for something, and we want to make our mark, and that's what this is all about.
0: Our next guest is Brian McLean from Episode 7. He is coming to the film festival to give a lecture on shooting an entire mobile feature-length film with an iPhone uh, and how to work with the Screen Actors Guild. Uh, it's because of Brian McLean that Tim Russ, who plays Tubak on the television series uh, Star Trek Voyager, will be attending the film festival.
8: Uh, the Killer's Requiem. It's about a, a man, a loving, uh, a, a loving father, a devoted son who spirals into madness, when he becomes the subject of a bet between God and the devil.
0: Wow. See, now that sounds pretty interesting already. Um, And I want you to tell a little more about that uh, in a minute here. But um, before I do that, I'm pretty excited about something. Um, I know you're excited about your film and everything, but I'm pretty excited on our end because... I haven't made this announcement yet, but I think we'll just use this platform to make the announcement officially that, well, first of all, that you shot your film using an iPhone uh, and you're going to, although you're not competing in, in the International Mobile Film Festival in San Diego in April, you are going to screen it there um and you're going to do a talk uh as a workshop presentation and you're going to show and where you're going to inform attendees how to make a mobile film uh with hollywood actors
8: that's correct i can't think of a better place i mean it's 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 home uh for me um because you're right we shot this on a an iPhone six S, uh, which has a uh, a four K uh, camera setting, which uh, there's a lot of uh, dynamics that need to be understood by filmmakers uh, with respect to it, the limitations as well as the advantages. When there are many, but that was it. You know, we just we just did it unconventionally. There's a, there was a certain amount of serendipity involved. It, it, I think it was just supposed to happen.
0: Well, you know, one of the things, I mean. These aren't just any actors. I mean, in mobile filmmaking, um, we we don't usually see many SAG actors. But these are, I mean, why don't you please name these actors because it's pretty impressive. And I think um, some of the people listening uh, are going to recognize some of these guys.
8: Well, we were we were incredibly fortunate. <laughs> we got um, uh, to start. Uh, we got Jean Beauvoir, who is a rock legend. I mean, uh, when you have a guy that turns down Prince to be his bass player, you know you. I mean, you, wow. you have you have someone. I mean, uh, Jean played. Uh, well, he he cut his teeth with uh, as uh, one of the members of the very famous punk band, the Plasmatics. And uh, then he went on to, to write uh, for Kiss and the Ramones and Bruce Springsteen's uh, E Street Band. I mean, he he's he's been on the, basically about as high the level as high a level as you can go in music. Um, and 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 I know Jean simply from through a mutual friend where we used to rehearse at the same rehearsal studio, and one simply and this is something else that I would just say is, you know, my mother always said, you know, you have nothing to lose by asking because you have a 50% chance of a yes and a 50% chance of a no. (laughs) So I, you know, because of Facebook, I, somehow I I got in touch with him and I said, Hey, you know, I'm doing this film. You know, you may remember me from, you know, the old studio, whatever. Uh, Are you interested? And he's doing stuff all the time flying here and there, but you know, it's one thing, you know, all, all rock stars and rock musicians, they want to be actors and all actors, they want to be rock stars. <laughs> and so we, we were very fortunate to get Jean very early uh, on I- interested in the uh, concept. Um, you know, and he, he did the the soundtracks for Stallone's, you know, different movies for, uh, you know, all, all, 20, 30 years of this. So he knows the business and he was very helpful in terms of also guiding, uh, you know, how the, the production went. So he was a big get. Also, the second biggest get was Lloyd Kaufman, who everybody knows from Trauma. You know, even the other day we were having the, the movie poster finalized and uh, uh, someone said, wait a second, is that Lloyd Kaufman like as in Trauma?" And, you know, I've I've gotten that uh maybe 50 times people have said to me Lloyd Kaufman is in this film and I said yeah you know Lloyd did Toxic Avenger you know Class of Nukem High uh, a million and you know film. you
0: know the funny thing is see it is a small world isn't it because I met him a few years ago here in San Diego around the, one of the Comic-Cons here at an event that was not a part of Comic-Con but at an event that was going on on the side I met him and his wife and I told him about my film festival.
8: Yeah. And you know what? He knows about it now. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but yeah, Pat, his wife, Pat was the, uh, New York state film commissioner for like 20 years. Wow. So these people, they know film. I mean, you know, uh, Lloyd, you know, started off, I don't know, uh, you know, back of uh, you know, with, uh, uh, I think like Rocky and uh, Saturday Night Fever and The Karate Kid.
1: Yeah. And
8: so that's how far back he goes. And he knows filmmaking and he's got a huge reach. But, you know, a lot of the stuff that he did, you know, he just did cameos. And this he has a serious dramatic role. And he's got a big part. And, you know, Lloyd in the beginning was like, you know, no problem, Brian. I, I actually interviewed Lloyd. I had a cable show on Manhattan Neighborhood Network, a public access show back in the early 2000s. And he had just come out with a book called Make Your Own Damn Movie. And so I interviewed him just much like, you know, we're doing now uh, on my cable show. And, you know, we've been in touch ever since. And when I said, you know, I've got this part of this, you know, a retired detective, would you be interested? And he said, yeah. So getting Lloyd was huge. And then we got Tim Russ from Star Trek Voyager and, uh, you know, a lot of other films and TV shows and, uh, uh, you know, Tim is fantastic. I mean, the guy is a, I mean, he's not just, he. he's just like the most professional person. He's all business, but he's so approachable and he has seen it, you know, going back from Star Trek and, 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 uh, all the films. He goes back to doing Mel Brooks films. Uh, he, uh, he was in, I think, Spaceballs. Um, <laughs> he, you know, he's just a professional and, you know, you get the straight dope, like he'll tell you, you know, that's too low light. You can't use that. You know, you don't, his big thing was a Tim, you know, and that's the same thing with, by the way, all of these people, they would help me with the actual sort of, you know, this is what you need to do. And, and Tim's whole thing was, look, if they are not absolutely, you know, critical to the storyline, get rid of it. Because his whole thing is, you know, you want to you keep it as close as possible to moving the story along and not getting, you know, off on tangents. And in fact, you know, one of the earlier rough cuts, I mean, must have been over two hours. Now we have it down to like 89 minutes. And so, you know, Tim has been a friend from the beginning. And, uh, you know, he agreed to be in the film. I was very lucky to catch them at the Paradise City Comic Con, both Lloyd and Tim at the same time. So, uh, you know, some of the scenes that we got with them and we, and let me tell you, we did those scenes with Tim and Lloyd in between events that they had to be at. So we knocked that out in like an hour, oh, wow. <laughs> an hour and a half. We got three different locations and sets all within, you know, walking distance of the hotel. And, uh, it was, uh, you know, and that's what you do. You know, you just, you just do it, you know, and, uh, who else we had? George Hardy. From Troll Two and Best Worst Movie, George is probably best known to people as the dentist who, um, uh, you know, wanted to be an actor. Now he's like this icon, um, and 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 a few others. We're just incredibly lucky with to, to get real names. You know, you go to you look at these films on Redbox or maybe on Netflix or some some other outlets, and you're like, I never heard of any of these people, and and the distributors who were coming after me, they were like, you know, we've done this and we've done that. and Look at our r- library. You know, we want to take you to the film market. And I'd say, yeah, you know, it looks like it's-
0: Well, that's it. That concludes this episode of the SBP podcast, The Voice of Mobile Film. The next time uh, we expect to do our podcast will be during the film festival on the last day when we plan to uh, provide, we'll actually record in the green room of the film festival uh, a very special podcast with uh, the filmmakers and VIPs who come to the film festival And um, in between now and that time, it may be a little quiet here at the SBP Podcast Studios, but that's okay. We're going to be very busy working on the film festival, and we hope to see you all there. And subscribe to our podcast so that you can be uh, notified right away when the special podcast roundtable from the International Mobile Film Festival comes out.